everyone, this is your host, Eddie Garcia, and you're listening to the Acuities Initiative, where we shall get closer to Christ one day at a time. Today with us, we have Mrs. Angela Lawler from my home parish. And for those of you who don't know my home parish, it's St. Anthony of Padua in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Uh, Mrs. Lawler is a director of religious education here at my home parish. Mrs. Lawler, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Eddie. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Angela Lawler, and I am the director of religious education at St. Anthony of Padua. I am originally from uh, the Montgomery County area, growing up in North Wales in uh, Mary Mother the Redeemer Parish. I grew up uh, in a home with my mom and dad and my two younger sisters. I grew up in Catholic education. I went to St. Stanislaus in Lansdale, which is now modern day, and then graduated from Gwenda Mercy Academy High School, which was really formative for me in um, my faith and growing as a, a young lay woman in faith. After I graduated high school, I attended and graduated from St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia with a degree in theology. And I took a little bit of a different path after college. I did a postgraduate year of service with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. And I served in Cleveland, Ohio at a uh, Christo Ray High School where I served as a campus minister and theology teacher for a year. And then I shipped up to Boston, where I went to graduate school at Boston College School of Theology and Ministry and graduated with my master's in theology and ministry. After grad school, I taught theology for two years in Boston. And during that time, I um, got married to my husband, who I've married to for five years now. And we also had our son, who is four. And um, after we had him, we moved back to the area. And that is when I started working here at St. Anthony's as the director of religious education. So I circled back all the way home after uh, lots of travels uh, along the Midwest and the East Coast. That's great. It's like that saying, um, all paths go back home. Exactly, exactly. Um, that's great. So everyone, once again, this is your host, Eddie Garcia, and you're listening to the Cooties Initiative, where we started closer to Christ one day at a time. It seems like you had a pretty strong Catholic upbringing. You mentioned that you went to a Catholic school. Uh, could you please just expand a little bit more on that? I would say that my Catholic upbringing was really focused on... Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know why this is so hard. I would say that my Catholic upbringing really started with the support and, and encouragement of my family. I grew up going to church with my family every week. And I really had strong faith role models in my life. And the really key role model outside of my parents that I would say was a the strongest role model for me was my nana, my mom's mom, who's my grandmother. And she, there was never a conversation. I really cannot think of a conversation that did not turn back to God or circle back to God in some way. And that was really powerful for me in the sense that it really instilled in me the idea that God was always present and God that was always there for me. Education has been and taken up really more than half of my life between um, my elementary years, high school years, and college years. And I was really blessed to have such amazing and dedicated teachers who really helped me to see faith and the teachings of the Catholic faith in a new light and something that was more than just words on a page. And that definitely started to happen in high school. 
and it carried into college, uh, which turned into experiences of service and service immersion. And I was blessed to be able to go on several different service immersion trips to a Navajo reservation in New Mexico, uh, serving with the Rastro de Cristo program in Ecuador, and also serving in the Appalachian region in Neon, Kentucky. And those experiences really caused me to ask myself, how do I put my faith in action? And what does my faith look like when it is acted out? And how am I putting the teachings of Jesus into play in my life? And so it asked, I, it caused me to ask myself, how do I work for justice? How do I reach out to those in need? And I really think that's what caused my faith to come alive for me in a lot of ways. And it's what was the catalyst for me to serve for a year and dedicate a year of my life after college to serving those in need and really pushing me to pursue graduate studies so that I could be, you know, a, per a person who was encouraging young people to really ask themselves how are you putting your faith in action and how are you taking what you learn about your faith and what you know about the teachings of Jesus and how are you actually applying that in your life? So you mentioned earlier that you're the DRE of St. Anthony of Padua Parish. What exactly does a DRE do for those of us who don't know? Sure. So a director of religious education is uh, a person who works in a church setting, a parish setting, and organizes the faith formation program for usually elementary school students. So students kindergarten through confirmation age, you know, sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, depending on the parish. And so there's a lot involved. Obviously, you're planning the curriculum for these students and planning out what that's going to look like within a given year. You're working with volunteers who are generously giving their time to teach the faith and pass on the faith, and also working with parents to provide them with resources and ways in which that they can really carry their children's faith formation into their home. And so I really get to work with a lot of different people within the parish setting, not just students, um, but families, volunteers, and it's just been a really good learning experience and a good blessing to be able to be in touch and in communication with so many groups of people within the parish setting. And I'm also lucky to be surrounded um, by colleagues who are also DREs who are very supportive and, um, you know, who are such an important part of teaching me how to do a better job in my role here at St. Anthony's. And then working for the Catholic Church, that must be hard in these troubling times. How does that work. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> short answer is yes, it is hard. And yes, it is challenging. And I I think that there's two pieces to this. Obviously, right now we're in the midst of something so challenging with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. But on a wider scale, there, uh, there is a lot of um, tentativeness and um, apprehension on the part of people in the Catholic community because of the different um, issues and scandals that have taken place in the church. And as a lay woman, a young lay woman working in the church who is, you know, entering into all of this um, for the first time in many ways myself, I am very much on the journey that everyone else is on. And, you know, there, I, I have questions in my own head, and there are things that, um, you know, you know, I struggle with as well. And I think the 
that where that brings me back to is that it is hard, but it is not impossible. And that idea that this is not impossible is really what drives me and motivates me because I I feel like there is a really incredible opportunity to accompany one another in all of this and to support each other because our faith has faced so many trials and tribulations throughout its history and it's overcome so much and it does not excuse what has happened but I look to people like the saints or influential people within our faith who have dealt with similar challenging moments themselves and used them as inspiration to say they did it now how can I do it and I think that's what drives me in times such as these that are or can seem more challenging than maybe we can handle sure and then the saints that brings us to another point Uh, it's a question I'd like to ask all of my guests is there any saint or saints that you feel you have a devotion to or you feel have been with you throughout your life? So the the confirmation name I took was Maria, and I took Maria because it is the Italian version, so to speak, of Mary. And um, I, I chose it because Mary was an important figure for me growing up, but the the saints that I look to in my life are primarily saints who are women and saints who are parents. And I, I look to those saints because I myself am both of those things. I am a lay woman sure. working for the church and I'm a parent. So um, the Blessed Mother is uh, an incredible model for me. She has been um, throughout the time that I have been a parent. I really am drawn to uh, her and looking to her in a more human way as a woman who was trying to take care of you know, a two, three, four-year-old Jesus. And the other saints who I look to, um, parents, the the parents of uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, Louis and Zélie Martin, um, and the the strong female saints and doctors of the church, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, St. Gianna Bredamala, who checks off both of those. She was a mother and she was uh, a strong woman in the church. Um, and so those are the saints who I... I am drawn to because I connect to them and I can strive to be like them and not necessarily in maybe all of the things that they did, but the ways that they dealt with things and what came out of of their drive and their faith. You know, the writings of St. Teresa of Avila and St. Therese of Lisieux are so powerful and they are a very real way for me to encounter the saints because they wrote these things and to carry those with me is it's a testament to what they did but it's also for me a way that I can carry forth the the faith that they had and apply it to my own life and and do the best that I can to emulate them in in the things that I do in the way that I I function as a lay woman as a mother and as a wife yeah, it's funny you mentioned St. Gianna. We're learning about her right now in our theology class. I love her. Yeah, she's great. If you don't know about her, any of our listeners, please um, look her up, learn a little bit about her. She's a very powerful saint. How important is a parent in the formation of a child's faith? Yeah, parents are essential. And I really started to take this to heart at 
my son's baptism, which makes sense because it was the first time I was encountering um, baptism as a parent and bringing my child to that sacrament. And I felt such a strong sense of responsibility when I was standing there and holding him and witnessing him being baptized, you know, next to my husband, next to his godparents, next to the bishop who celebrated his baptism. It just really instilled that sense of responsibility in me that I'm tasked with raising my child in their faith. I am choosing this for them. And so with that comes responsibility and it comes work. And it is not always going to be easy, but it is something that I am I am choosing for myself and for him. So with that, I believe that a, a role of a parent is essential. And I think that every parent has the gifts and talents, and they are given the gifts and talents to do that in their own way. And yes, it involves bringing your child up in the faith and having them educated in the faith. But it is also by the example that I, as a parent, exhibit towards my child, you know, teaching him kindness, teaching him to be caring and and compassionate and doing everything I can with the gifts I have to ensure that I am fulfilling that responsibility that God has given me to raise him in the faith. And then with that, what has God called you to and how are you responding to your vocation? I think God's called me to the vocation of working for the church, obviously, but I, I think I, you, that you can have more than one vocation. I, I have the vocation, my primary vocation is being a wife and a mother. And that's not to say that my, my work is not important, but you know, God has gifted me with a wonderful husband and an amazing son. And it is my job to be present and to care for them. So I I believe that is what God is calling me to do and to do that well. In terms of my work, especially right now, I just feel a strong urge to accompany those who I lead within this community and lead not in the sense of telling people what to do, but leading in terms of organizing and making sure that I'm fulfilling my role as a director of religious education. But I feel like especially now, people need to be accompanied and everyone is being faced with so many different challenges. I feel that I need to do everything I can to let them know that I am there to support them and that the parish is there to to support them in this time because that's what we're called to do as Christians, walk with each other, we are family, and when someone in your family is down, you you do everything you can to to support them and hold them up, and 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 to do that in return. And so, you know, a, accompaniment and um, really being present with my families in my work specifically right now is also what I feel feel called to uh, alongside being um, a wife and a mother. And you have the blessing of actually having your work be tied in with your faith, but um, how do you balance your faith, your work, being a wife and being a mother? It's a very Uh, hard task. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Short answer (laughs) is it's hard. Um, I, I think in all of that, there is a, the, the piece that is missing for me in that question is what am I doing to care for myself? You know, the, there's, you know, the, the sayings about how you can't give from an empty well. And so that is something that my entire life has been challenging for me. I am always wanting to help other people, and I have such a difficult time saying no because I always want to be helping and be supportive and uh, 
to to be there for people when they need it. And so I've been really taking steps in my own life to figure out what is it that I need to commit to myself to make sure that I am full before giving to others. And one practice that I've started and am really trying to commit to doing is uh, completing a mass journal. And so especially right now, this is so challenging because of, you know, attending church can, you know, be uncomfortable for me. And so watching the live streams and reading the readings and then having the opportunity to journal on them every week has really given me an opportunity to step back and then bring those lessons and thoughts from those Sunday readings into my life during the week. And it also is is teamwork. You know, my husband and I do the best we can to balance as both full-time working parents, you know, what our life is going to look like and making sure that we are, you know, ready to tackle what it is that each week and each day brings to us. And so balance is key. It's not always perfect. And um, I am working towards doing everything I can to make sure that I'm taking care of myself in order to take care of my husband and my son and the the community which I'm tasked to lead within the parish. Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea, the Mass Journal. Um, I know Matthew Kelly has a book for some of the people in our audience. If you would like to uh, incorporate that into your life, you can look up Matthew Kelly's Mass book, Mass Journal. Uh, concluding, what advice would you give to any parent who may feel like they're too too busy for God? So I think the word busy makes it feel like the, that you're already defeated at the task at hand. Um, there are many things that occupy all of our lives. And the one thing that I have felt that has been helpful for me is really drawing my faith into the things where I have been um, given gifts and talents by God. So not seeing faith as something separate from other things in my life, but integrating it into the things that I do on a day-to-day basis with my son. Yes, I am lucky that I work at a church. And so, you know, when I when I bring him home, we take a walk through church and, you know, I'm teaching him different things um, of how to be reverent in church and things like that because he is so young. But at home, you know, saying prayers, you know, while he's getting ready for bed or while he's, you know, while we're going to sleep or, um, you know, listening to faith-based music in the car it's simple things. Um, and it's also, you know, having simple conversations with him at the age he's at now. So I, my advice to parents would be don't see faith and instilling the faith in your child as something separate from your daily life. See it as something that's integrated and find creative ways of integrating that into the ways that you have you have conversations with your child maybe you know the music that you play while you're making dinner um, making intentional time to pray before dinner or pray before bed and they seem relatively simple but I think that children see patterns and children learn at a very young age from their parents you know where where priorities lie and for a child to see the intentionality of a parent by praying before a meal or having conversations about a faith it it normalizes it in a sense and it makes it an everyday part of what the child's day-to-day experiences and as they grow 
they will continue to carry that in their own day-to-day experiences. So I, I, I encourage parents um, to, to find one way that you can integrate the faith into your daily life with your child. And I, have, I guarantee it will grow from there. And like you said, uh, it may seem simple, but it, it really has a huge impact. I remember when I was little, um, at the Bible camp here at St. Anthony's, I would go home and listen to the Bible camp music so I could sing it with everyone. Exactly. When I went back, it really had a big impact on me. Well, that's about it for today. Um, I just want to thank you for being here with us. You're very welcome. Hey, everyone. This is your host, Eddie Garcia. I just want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you can get notifications for any future episodes. It would be greatly appreciated if you could help spread the word. Please tell anyone that you know who you think would be interested in this podcast. You can just search the Acuities Initiative on either Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time on the Acuities Initiative, where we strive to get closer to Christ one day at a time.